This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nilsson. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much. Submariner first class, Cedric Espen, Stump, AO, torching the blindside blue paper once again. Yes, that is the sound of the Sumpster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia... Welcome to the Bludge. H.G. Norson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. A week when too much sport is barely enough, my very good friends. Welcome to Magic Round 2023. And this week as part of Magic Round, as the Bludge family gathers in commemoration and celebration around the coronation quiche, the nation anticipates a night of thrilling pageantry to the tune of Kiss Me Goodnight, Sergeant Major, and the Colonel Bogey March. They sense it will be a cavalcade of pomp and indoor fireworks that we can expect when the Rugby League lobs in Las Vegas. Now, the big news crown side, as the Royal Grenadiers tune up, is the schoon... The Stone of Destiny has made the trip down from Scotland and is in situ as we speak. Charles will eventually park, though, after a lot of waddling about in the heated uh, caravan, uh, Charles will park the bot on solid rock when the gold hat is plonked up on up top. Now, speaking of gold, I hope the coverage can focus, that is the ABC, etc., Channel 7, Sneeze Beast Light, etc., can focus on our golden spurs, which will shine brighter than the rest of that old buckhouse tat that we've seen so often before. People are asking me as I came to work today, HG, is there any chance we can participate in the oath of allegiance to the king? Well, as a tribute to the coronation and events in the old dart, uh, Peter Volandis, before he left uh, for the trip to the Kentucky Derby in Vegas, uh, he recorded a beautiful moving, what I'd call a short speech of presentation of the oath. This will be played at all rugby league grounds, matches for the rest of Magic Ground, and you will be able to stand and salute as if you if you want to and say, yes, I do, as in swearing allegiance to the new king. It's a terrific idea. And I don't notice Haim has done the same for the AFL. It's not the same speech. Uh, it's just something Haim's cooked up to show how much he cares about the oath. I don't know whether he's a monarchist or not, but he just cares about oaths. You know, as in a wedding ceremony, I do, that sort of thing. I don't think you have to go much further than that. Don't gild the lily. Go and be silly. You don't, no need to, uh, you know, moon the uh, presentation. Uh, but, uh, you know, get involved because then you're doing your little bit to continue a tradition which goes back to, well, let's say, the time the bloke burnt the cakes. But first things first, straight to the greatest game of all, round nine featured, uh, 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 well, I've described it as a pair of, uh, this in other media commitments, as a pair of Polaris missiles launched from an atomic sub exploding across the nation. It was AUKUS come early, a taste of the future. That's how I saw round nine. It gave you a sense of the power and poke of Australia's new defence posture. 
Now, so much excitement, unbelievable excitement, unprecedented excitement. So many big issues broke the surface when we bellowed bombs away. The big story of the week, this is a happy story, gather round. Uh, no, magic round. The gather round was on earlier in the year. Now, the big story this week is the news from the Centre of Excellence that the Tigers are on the prowl. After years of dormancy, I'm not sure if that's a word, but let's say it is, and uh, not having won a match, this is Tigers, for 3,792 days, Tiger Town came alive with a thrashing of the Premiers. Strike up the band, blocker, and give us that tune, the tune, Tigers 12, Panthers 8. Suddenly the Premiership race is wide open, wide open. That's the bludgers' position. In passing, can I note that Naples, or Napoli, won the Serie A, after about 30 years of trying, 33 years of trying, and they won it with five uh, matches to go, you know, the first rounds of football to come, but they're so far, and they've won it by 20 points. They're so far in front, and uh, Naples went silly. That's the only way you can describe it, silly, silly with joy, silly with, the, with you know, the, the purpose of football. Uh, the Tiger Brains Trust, incidentally, after years of fiddling with the Allen Keys, have finally unlocked the enigma that is Luke Brooks. They said it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done. You know, when Sheens came to the job there, he said, you'll never, you know, people, old heads, Junior Pierce, Blocker, you know, Kerry Hemsley, all those types, uh, said it will never be done. You'll never get, you'll never unlock Brooks, but Brooks, but they have. Elsewhere with Magic Round underway, can the grass at Lang Park stand the punishment of eight matches in three days is a very big question. The heavy traffic could devastate the Cooch and Rice surface and could put the stadium, that magnificent stadium of Lang Park, out of action for months. And will the new Sydney football stadium, incidentally, be punished by the ethical obligation that demands it stages six gigs a week? I don't know. Remember the Sydney football stadium in the old days, the bad old days, you know, the one without the handrails and the, you know, the uh, trouble with toilets, numbers of toilets for women and so on, and the cost of the beer, well, the beer's gone up, etc. Well, they got into trouble with the hematode. And this was eventually solved by digging the playing surface up to a depth of three metres and boiling it. I just hope we don't have to go. That was a, a nightmare. A nightmare, a rugby league nightmare. I just hope we don't have to go through all that again. Now, call me Gagai, but this week uh, Souths managed to get 14 players briefly on the paddock when Jairo waddled on in an interchange kerfuffle. Could happen to any team, but it was great to see 14 out there. I mean, is there any greater sin in rugby league than playing with an extra soldier? I have it up there with the bite. It's the greatest abomination in the game apart from, well, you know, all the rest, like the hip drop, the surrender tackles, the hopawade, et cetera, make your own list. There's so many of them. Now, the Oracle Apostle of Vista Gus Gould is told to stay in his lane. Stay in his lane uh, after a chat with Abdu and Feathers. Uh, well, I don't know, you know, where this goes. It's just going to it's going to fester, this one. It's going to fester. You can tell it there's going to be armed, you know, detente between the two camps. I mean, surely the League HQ have to make allowances when the Oracle is working on Sneesby's dime. Uh, remember, he's a top commentator for the Sneesby Network, and he's got to create a lot of TikTok content. And this is generated by outrage. You know, sort of, what are you looking at? Come here, bend over, bang. You know, it, you know, the Nine Network have to give him a long leash to create this uh, TikTok content because he's generating ratings. And let's face it, Nine's a busted ass operation at the best of times. All of Scotty's rugby league and the block. Two great shows. I mean, I won't hear a word against them. But anyway, they, you know, they need a long leash. Gush has to stir up, stir the pot. Obviously, he's much more considered when working for the dogs at the kennel. That's my theory anyway. That He's, he's got to be cut some slack here. Incidentally, speaking of HQ, very QT on the Vegas trip. I know, I know, Valentis 
is in the air as we speak. And the shell-like has been, my shell-like has been pressed to the pipes all week, but not a peep. And, and, you know, I can't pass on anything news with any confidence. And so many blindsiders approach me about dates, 2024 dates, because people want to book hotels and they want to get discounted travel. They want to grab tickets for the Wayne Newton room to see the Carpenters Tribute Act, Close to You show. That's a very warm ticket. And you can understand why. Great act. Great. I don't know who's doing the tribute act. It'll just be fantastic. Close to you. So many questions. At least we have the rest of the season to find some answers. Now, speaking of Philanders, Feathers has swerved past the big show in London where he would have offered continuity to a public desperate for certainty in this troubled time. I mean, it's a busted-ass cot case. <coughs> England at the moment. I mean, have you seen the queues at Dover? You can't get out of the joint. Uh, ostensibly, he's lobbed... Uh, at the uh, Kentucky Derby, the Bluegrass of Kentucky Derby, to promote the Everest. But don't be surprised if the KD is in the uh, is in the kick on the way home in a big addition to uh, the big day at Ramwick in October, the Everest and Kentucky Derby on the same day. The lips are licking. Lips are licking. With the Derby in the kick, Feathers is off to Vegas to do a deal with the uh, racket crew at the Las Vegas Tourist Commission. A-League and in the women's final, a double to Madison Haley saw the big win for Sydney FC over Western United at Combate. Tune, hit it, Billy. Sydney 4, United block. Tasmania and the apple is picked. All heavies agree the stadium should be the first cab off the Tassie infrastructure, rank and not housing. The name of the side and starting a national conversation about the name, I'm not a fan of the Devils. Let me say that straight up. I don't care who's got the rights to it. I mean, Disney might have the rights to it at the moment. I don't care. It's a, it's a stupid name. A stupid name. Obvious, too obvious, very old school. People have suggested to me the Tassie Roadkill. Now, for people who have travelled in Tasmania recently, the most overwhelming thing that you notice is the number of things killed on the roadside. Uh, it's just amazing. I don't know what they're doing down there. It must be releasing... I think Paddy Mellons, so I can get run over. Anyway, be that as may, the roadkill I like. Uh, I, me and Roy and other media commitments this week have suggested the apple. I like that. It's a concept name, but it covers so many aspects of island life. But if you wanted something with a little bit more tude, why not pick something with a little bit of grunt and poke? And can I suggest the toxic salmons? The Toxic Salmons. Now, there's a name you can conjure with. It's a name that would give all oppositions pause for thought when the cry rang out at Princess Mary Park. That's what I'm calling it. Princess Mary Park. Go, you Toxic Salmons! And the club song writes itself. Incidentally, has the League Vegas trip propelled this Tasmanian wheeze to the top of the heap? I've got the idea is that, uh, you know, obviously... AFL House had the ear to the ground and realised that Philanders was off to Vegas and they thought they'd better do something, so why don't we give a team to Tasmania? You know you know how these things work. And finally, the long search is over. A million dollars goes up in smoke as Gillen wanders down the corridor in AFL House and taps Dylan, that's Andrew Dylan, uh, to take over his head honcho. The murderer is not done with yet. Oh, no, not by a long stretch. The bloodstained putty knife is screaming for more and it's in the hip pocket and it's ready to plunge. Now, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf for another week, it's time to ask the man who is the voice of hope, the voice of hope, on this special day to step up for a spray and take the oath. This week, the voice is again fully focused on the cost of living crisis that is robbing Australian families of fun and football. Now, my best buy of the week uh, was blueberries and wait for it, a tray of 12 punnets, imperfect fruit, and a 12 punnets of imperfect fruit, I got them for $14.69. These are ideal bake. They're an ideal baking berry. They're great in a muffin or in a tart 
They're just great. Or in a crumble. You can make a great berry crumble. Kids will come back begging for more. Uh, or tipped into smoothies. But at that price, fourteen sixty nine, they'll go. The Voice of Hope belongs to the Activated One Rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, happy rugby league. Welcome to Magic Round. Can we get the bludging buddy in motion once again by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully said, Simon in. Yes, thank you very, very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson. And, of course, uh, happy rugby league, H.G. to you and, uh, of course, to your uh, your family. Mm-hmm. And uh, happy rugby league to all decent law-abiding Aussies who believe in the fundamental values of goodness that lie within the heart of humanity and who see nothing but sparks of joy under every cultural turd they trip over. Um, should the NRL publicly swear allegiance to the king? That's a lovely thought. Now, what I'm suggesting, and it's not too late to organise, although we missed the opportunity, of course, last night when Magic Round kicked off, and wasn't it magic? It is magic, and we'll certainly get to the magic of Magic Round sometime in the next couple of hours. Um... I'm wondering if uh, before each match, subsequent match, players and coaching staff could gather in the centre of the arena at Lang Park and simply state the state the allegiance. For example, I, Hayes Dunster, do swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to His Majesty King Charles, his heirs and successors according to law. So help me God... And same guys for rugby league. It would be a very simple thing. Of course, it would sound a little bit muddy when the name's mentioned, you know, I, and then everyone says their own name. But apart from that, I think it could be organised very, very nicely and would be a, a, a welcome addition to the formality that is magic ground in rugby league. And would you get that done every year in perpetuity? I don't think so. I don't think you no, need just, to. I, I just think, once you've done it once, that's it. Yeah, you don't enough. need to Move do it on. again. Move. You know, you've only got to swear allegiance once for as long as the king is there. Yeah. Long live the king. Mm. You know? Long live the king. Uh, now, I heard, I learnt this week, HG, I don't know if it's good news or not, but it's news, uh, that the Duchess of Windsor, that is Duchess Kate, formerly Kate Middleton, uh, is the royal patron of rugby league? That is all rugby league. All Isn't that rugby, great? all rugby league. Yes, rugby league everywhere in the world. Ukraine. She's, she's the patron. Yes, she's the patron. Patron of rugby league. I had no idea. Uh, you will recall, of course, that uh, uh, Prince Philip, R.I.P., uh, was the patron of Australian rugby league. Mm. Now, I had always assumed that that mantle would be handed on. Uh, it would, in this instance, probably go to uh, uh, Queen Camilla. She would be the patron of... Well done. She'd be the patron, I think, of Australian Rugby League should Prince Philip's legacy be handed on, as it should be. Should Volandis write her a letter? Well, someone's got to write a letter. I mean, nobody said anything about this. Nothing. Can I just raise a point with you Yes. Middleton... Yeah, there used to be a Middleton played for Parramatta some years ago. Was there really? I'm pretty sure there was. Would I'm just wondering if they were related. Re- would be, yeah. without doubt. The name Middleton doesn't often appear in rugby league, does it? It's it doesn't. A, that's why it stands out. It's as rare as Dunster. Or Hayes. Yes, I know. Marvellous to have a name like Hayes Dunster. And these things come around, you know. I was thinking the relationship between Dunster and Munster. So similar to Tronk and... Uh, Cronk. Cronk. These things come around, don't they? 
got a sort of elegance to it that uh, you can only see with the distance of hindsight yes, and uh, re reveal something beautiful about our game that often we overlook. Mm. And it, every now and again, you've got to take pause, look back and look for the rhythms of rugby league. <laughs> the rhythms of rugby league. And you end up with Jared Manley Hopkins. You do. You do. Uh, now, the, um, the Boomers like their chances in the upcoming Basketball World Cup. Uh, apparently, all players are available, which is excellent news, and this doesn't happen very often, but I know Paddy Mills in particular is very excited about the, uh, the lineup Australia is going to be able to muster. And it's about time, I think, that uh, Australian basketball is given the opportunities to strut its stuff on a world stage. Yes, no, very good. Uh, often we're hampered during the Olympics because we only have half the team there because, you know, they're mm. playing, they're committed to their teams Clubs. in the United States. Uh, but in this instance, all players are available, which is marvellous news, great news. Um, now, Andrew Celtic are cruising into history. Uh, everything ticket, winning all the comes before them, it would incredible. seem, at the moment. It's an incredible performance by the team and by Ange in particular. And uh, whispers are reaching me that uh, the club Chelsea is uh, reaching out to Ange. wouldn't surprise me to see Ange go to the big show. The big show's a calling, yeah, isn't it? It's, the big show's been calling for a long, long time. Mm, and you've just got to look at uh, Ange's track record, you know. Uh, how many... Oh, I mean, when he had... Uh, uh, the team here in Australia, I think they won three or four on the trot. Uh, he went to Japan, did the same there. Mm -hmm. He's doing the same, of course, in Scotland. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him do the same in the Premier League. No, true. You know, true. Such a terrific, a terrific Australian. He doesn't have big tickets on himself. No. A motivator. Uh, absolute motivator. Yeah. He puts the team ahead of himself. Yeah, it's great. Ahead great. of himself. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that. Uh, Lauren Jackson is back on the court throwing hoops, which is a good thing. Uh, I spoke to her briefly. She is thinking about making what would be a second or a third comeback. I'm uncertain, but I, I think she's been around long enough. She knows her body enough. I think she'll make the decision that is in the best interests of her and Australian basketball. Uh, now, I took a call from Taylor Swift this week, HG. Now, normally I wouldn't mention this, but I have mentioned this uh, because uh, she was very keen to talk F1, uh, which is unusual, uh, conversations I've had with her in the past. I mean, she loves, uh, she loves Australia, of course, loves Australians, and she's often happy to talk about Australians. But in this instance, uh, she was interested not so much in uh, Australian F1 drivers, but uh, a particular F1 driver who's reached out to her and she knows so little about it, I was happy to bring her up to speed. That's great. That's, uh, I'll, I'll say no more until things are revealed She writes publicly. a song about it. Yeah, she will write a song yeah, about it, I feel sure. How I Love F1. That's right. That's and the right. man who yes. lifted the scales. That's right. That's right. Uh, now, Novak Djokovic is allowed to play in the US Open. President Biden uh, has made the call. Uh, he got himself... Oh, because he loves his... Um, tennis. Loves his tennis, uh, does uh, President Biden. I think um, he can remember having a hit with Big Bill Tilden. Whoa, that is a memory. That is a memory. Are you sure that's correct memory? I think so. I think Big Bill, who left us, I think, in about 1953, was mm -hmm. that 70 years ago... Uh, so Joe would have been 11, or, 11 or 12, I oh, suppose, at the 12, time yeah. when he had a hit with Big Bill. Uh, there might be more to the story. I don't know. Uh, certainly Big Bill and, uh, 
younger people uh, became a bit of a um, lead in the, his personal saddlebag, and the less said the better, I think. What a lovely way matter. of putting it. Hmm. Anyway, uh, President Biden has said nothing about uh, anything untoward happening between himself and uh, Big, Bill. Big Bill Tilden, and uh, we can assume nothing did happen, I think. Uh, now, the Australian Rugby Union CEO, Andy Marinos, resigns. He's only been in the job about 10 minutes. I don't know what this is about, but it doesn't augur well for the, for the code. Or the cup. No. And the cup's No, no, no. The, the cup's bearing down upon us. I know. It's almost... Well, it's, well, it's, well, it's going to be here corner. tomorrow. I know. I know. It's not a time to get rid of your CEO. I wouldn't have thought. It's a very, very bad look for Rugby Union. I, I, I don't know what's happening there. It seems to be, you know, full of people... Willing to light fires <laughs> and not bother calling the fire department to come have it put out. It's up to the public to put it out, and the public's not that interested in putting these fires out anymore. I'm just they don't care. They don't care, right. exactly. Uh, now, Andrew Dillon is the new AFL That's boss. Right. Now, how does it, how often does this happen, HG? We've seen it, I mean, we've been around long enough now to see this happen time and time again. You can search the world for the right person to fill the slot and then all of a sudden, boom, kabang. I know. A revelation. I you realise the person you're looking for has been sitting beside you all along. I know. I know. It's funny that, isn't it? They think they spent a million bucks doing that. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Easily. I, I mean, I, I'm mindful of the, uh, the instance uh, only a couple of years ago of uh, former Minister Barillaro who... Uh, Designed a job uh, might have involved, uh, you know, sorting out trading issues in the United Kingdom Correct. or in the United States or maybe both, and uh, search the world for the right person, only to find that he was the right person himself. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? it I is. mean, it these things happen. It is weird that you don't reject yeah. the person alongside you first. No, and then get move yeah. on. You think you think the person beside you, the first person you look at, exactly. but it's not. It's often the last. Yeah, that's weird. Well, it, it? seems to be the last. Mm. Anyway, that's the murderer, though. That's the murderer. Yeah. Anyway, we wish Andrew Dillon all the best. We do all the best. And with God, what a set of cards he's been handed. I know. To, you know. I know. It's just it's ridiculous, just a, isn't it? Uh, anyway. Uh, now, the uh, Australia dropped to number two in the test rankings. I think India is now back at number one. And this will be resolved, I think, in the World Test Challenge that I think is coming up very shortly in the United Kingdom. That's right. It's... Australia play India, I think, to work out who's the best. Can you promote that in England? Uh, well, someone's got to. I, yeah, I, know, I don't know who's doing you? it. Yeah. Today's not the day to raise it, I no. wouldn't have thought. No. I'd wait for the dust to settle on today's shenanigans. Yes, that's true. Before uh, drawing the public's attention to this, what will be a, a fantastic match. I, I think it might be being played at uh, Lords or the Oval. One of the, the two. Oval, I think. The Oval is good. Yeah, good. I love the Oval. It's It'll good suit Australia. It will. Uh, wonderful week, of course, with the greatest uh, game of all. Um, Grub Reynolds reprimanded for being passionate. Isn't there no room for passion anymore in, our, in the greatest game of all? I mean, I would have thought the game relies on passion. And uh, Grub Reynolds never, he never fails to disappoint in the passion stakes. Nobody loves rugby league more than Grub Reynolds. Nobody wears his heart louder on his sleeve than Grub Reynolds. If Grub feels he's being, you know, acted upon in an untoward manner by a referee, he's going to let, let him know. know. That's Grub's go. I know. 
Uh, I, I don't know what the fallout is. Has Grubb been penalised in any financial way or has there been any ticking off formally? No. He says, so everything's okay. Well, Grubb, Grubb can get away with it. Is there one rule for Grubb and one rule for the rest of us? I don't mind if there is. At least we know where we stand. And so future Grubbs, young Grubbs, watching, thinking, oh, well, I like gobbling off the riff. Grubb got away with it. I think I'll gobble off the riff next time I ever go if I get something Pick. untoward go ahead, if they're picking on me. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Grubb felt he's been picked upon and he was. He was. He may have deserved it, though. Yeah, sure. Now, the storm management are furious at the thought of a second Victorian rugby league team. Let me just say this. I think he got fined $10,000. Oh, $10,000. Oh, $1,000. Oh, $1,000. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, oh. we had a GoFundMe campaign to get, and we got oversubscribed by a million. Really? Yeah. Once we put it up, we right. had to take it down. Right. Okay. Oh, 1000 bucks. That's an insult. Yeah, you, an insult you, to the grub. Indeed. Indeed. I would have thought it was. Gobbing off like that would have been worth more than a thousand bucks. He must feel stupid today. I know. He, she must be thinking <laughs> I should have gone right off. Yeah, aren't the rugby league cunning? Yeah, embarrassed. The, That's right. Embarrassed the embarrassed player coming yeah. and going. Yeah. Now, these uh, be this second Victorian rugby league team. Look, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If there is another rugby league team, we know it's going to come from either Pacifica or New Guinea. We know that. Do you reckon they should have a go at Tasmania? Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Because we don't know the design of this new, this new stadium. Ah, well spotted. We don't know if, if the yeah, seating can come in yeah, yeah, to good. make it uh, very good. configured, to, to make it rectangular. Yes. Rugby league. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know how rugby league compliant it's going to be. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's going to have a roof or not. We don't know if it's going to have a retractable roof or not. If it doesn't have a retractable roof, it means it's, 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 it's not going to be suitable to one-day cricket. Um, so, so there are lots of questions about. We this. don't know if it's going to get built. We don't know if it's going to get built. We yeah. don't know what it's going to cost. All we no, know is so. that the seven hundred and fifteen million that's been mooted is not probably less enough. than half. Yeah. It's really going to cost. We know that, and that's a fact. That's that's just a fact. So anyway, now should the uh, should the NRL just finally HG just something to think about. Should the NRL be taking steps to improve Ant- Anthony Griffiths' coaching methods? I saw this story. Mm. I, I think it's time somebody stepped in because there's obviously an outbreak of madness happening at St George. Uh, they've got the cattle. They've, they've got on paper a terrific team. They're led very, very well. It's just they don't appear to be able to play rugby league. Um, and so, you know, you've got to ask yourself, well, who's coaching this team? Well... Anthony Griffith is. Right. Does he know anything about rugby league? Don't know. Has anybody asked him? Is he has he done the course? Does he know any of the rules? Does he I don't know, I understand. You, what you know, I, I don't know if if he's ever sat for a uh, a coach's course. Would you like to see Gould in there? Well, I think Gould would be the first person yeah, to approach to, yeah. to, to just say. But didn't he do an inquiry yeah, into he did, St. He George? Did. I know, I know. I, I mean know. he's had enough he's had St. George up to here. <laughs> he delivered his report. Uh, nothing's been done about Still it. Still in the And look at the results. <laughs> look at the results. I think the NRL, I think Volandis, and I think, I think you know, the people of the St George Illawarra area have got to take matters into their own hands, storm the breaches, grab Griffin and say, listen, what do you know about rugby league, mate? Convince us. You know, imagine we're a team. Come on, coach us. Come on. 
Still waiting. Make of that what you will. The thoughts of a rugby league toilet. A complex and ambitious work commissioned by Federal Arts Minister Tony Burke is scheduled to be presented by the SSO in concert with the Australian Ballet Company, the Sydney Theatre Company, Taronga Park Zoo and the National Rugby League at Stadium Australia. For details, visit the New South Wales Government website. Roy, uh, obviously uh, the Head Feathers is out of the country at the moment chasing down the Kentucky Derby to be run at Ramwick on the same day as the Everest. It might be the second Saturday in October. Uh, but he's got his hands full trying to keep players in the uh, code. Mm. But it does appear that he's available for, uh, a, you know, telephone conversation. Mm. Uh, Asafar Solomona, the uh, the boom, the storm second rower, is he? I think mm. he's certainly in the forwards. Yeah. He, uh, well, the storm chairman has proposed to phone a friend revival of marquee players to keep the... Uh, keep the rival codes like the ARU at bay. And, in fact, uh, Volandes rang Nelson to, in a bid to keep him in the NRL. And right. it's, it's borne fruit. Right. That's good. That's good news. So it's it's going to be pretty much horses. Well, every every case is different. Everybody's I got a different I suppose every reasoning. case is different. But is the man of feathers going to get involved with every case that bobs up? I, 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 I hope think so. so. I mean, he's got the authority to, hmm. you know, now Nelson, hmm. you know, you've got is the tyres. Is this really what you want to do? Yeah. And you've got the tyres. Hmm. Have you thought about, you know, a few fish tanks? Yes. Have you thought about fish? Yes. You know, not salmon, not toxic salmon. Electronic goods. Electronic goods, yeah, mm. sound bar. Mm. You know, that's right. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, well, obviously, Trip Matt Tripp was, you know, devastated by the news that uh, Asafar Solomon could be going. Mm. And so uh, Abdon Volandes uh, got on the phone. Volandes confirmed yesterday as he left for the States uh, uh, what's described here as part of a fact-finding mission. Fact-finding? You know, this worries me about this Vegas It's a trip. bit late to be fact-finding. I know, we're it? going. I mean, you should know, have the facts. I know, we're going. Mm. And now it seems as though it might only be two teams that are going. Oh, not, no. When I, did that happen? Well, that seemed to be implied in the uh, in-depth interview. I think, uh, you know, Channel 9, Sneezebees Network, put up on the news right. on Friday night where, uh, you know, an eighth reporter opened up the landies like a can of worms yeah. and it appeared that we'd lost two teams already. Oh, now, <clears throat> he, uh, Tripp, uh, this is just proposing the NF NRL's fighting fund be revived uh, with discretionary and investigative powers to limit the system being exploited by agents looking to drive up players' price tags. Now, this is a weird idea, this million dollars. Now, it's this million dollars each club. Mm. So that's what well, it's not got. much as peanuts, isn't it? It is absolute peanuts. You mm. divide that between you Third, know, 13 and 14 and 15 plus your reserves. Well, you might be up to 17. 17 at let's least. Let's say 20. You've got yes. your top 20 want to go. Mm. You're not going to get much out of it, no, are you? No, I mean, not. the million is, even if it's per club, yeah. is a tiny amount, and mm. they must be able to top that up to mm. get it up over 15 million, I reckon. Yes, yeah, that's right. I mean, the You'd have to. NRL's low. Do we need to crowdfund this, crowdsource We would have to. We'd have to, yeah. Yeah, we would have to. I mean, if they want to put the white flag, up, you know, yeah. I'm sure, or the yeah. blue smoke or whatever it's going to be, whatever the signal is going to be, yes. then I'm pretty sure Australians yeah. will get involved. Yeah. Now, well, the rugby union must be sitting back laughing, thinking, oh, only a million bucks per club. I know, we can easily match that. We can that. easily match that. Now, uh, Tripp said he, uh, I called Peter and Andrew about it, mm. and I just said he's going to be lost to another code if we continue down this path. 
I know we, uh, there is speculation around getting up a war chest to target rugby players, uh, but my counsel was that uh, we need to set up a war chest to protect our own. Ah. Now, at the start of each year, every year, a club could nominate a player where they could call on the NRL for support. It's got to be more than one. Yeah. If that player was targeted by rugby and would get salary cap relief, almost like phone a friend. Andrew would be a friend and you'd say, Andrew, they're coming after this guy as we suspected they would and we need some relief. So that's got a plan in place of, um, you know, being able to mm. uh, fight off mm. rugby things. So really we need two war chests here is what you're suggesting, HG. We need the war chest to retain our own players in the rugby league and a war chest to attack rugby union players who may be able to convert to rugby league. Well, that's, I think, where the Volandis... That would be the ideal. That's where Volandis would lob. Hmm. Uh, Nelson says uh, he's fielded lucrative interest from the Dolphins. He's decided to stay close to Melbourne-based club family, obviously. Yes. One club that was part of Volandis' pitch. Mm. But it was cool to have a chat with him and everyone wants to be wanted. For him to say, we want you to stay, it's awesome to hear. Mm. But I was always going to do what was best for my family. I listened yes. to Rugby and Eddie and... I always wanted to hear what they had to say. I was weighing it right up until the very last day. I didn't want to put all my eggs in a, one basket either, but rugby was a real option. I mean, that gives you an insight into the thinking of one of our top players who could have wanted. It the does. family, that's one thing. That, you know, Voland is saying, we want you. I mean, is it as simple as that, Roy? In many ways it is, HG. Uh, often, and people are going to be a little shocked by this or taken aback, uh, often rugby league players feel as if they're being taken for granted. Um, it's assumed they're going to play rugby league for the rest of their lives. Not so. Not not these days. No. You know, gone are the days where if you got an apprenticeship, say, in plumbing or electricity, that you would stick with that job for the rest of your life. Uh, it's a different world now. Pe- people might stay as a plumber for two or three years and then move on to uh, being a real estate agent or move on to... Animal husbandry. Animal hu- husbandry or what have you. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, the same with rugby league. You can't assume anymore that if you're... Signed to rugby league, you're going to stay there for life. And I, I think every now and again, it's it's good for rugby league or the head of rugby league, in this case, Peter Volandis and uh, Mr. Abdo, to reach out to players just to remind them that they're being appreciated. Let's say you're a young Hayes Dunster. Let's say you've signed up for a couple of years yet. Let's say you've, you've pledged allegiance to the king and done all the right things. Uh, out of the blue comes a phone call from the man of feathers saying, Hayes, we appreciate what you're doing. We're glad you're Keep part of the rugby league family. We're happy for you to stay for as long as you're happy to be a rugby league player. And that means a hell of a lot to players, actually. I know, I know. A hell of a lot. Yeah. It, it, it uh, introduces certainty to your life, and you know you're doing the right thing because you're being appreciated. Now, a couple of things this week. Would you like to see that sort of phone call go to Josh Reynolds this week? Yes. You know, keep up the grub work, Josh. Yes. We, we love it. You know, you love it. Well, you I think love there've got to be back channels with your personality players like that that on the one hand you've got to hold them up and say, oh, no, this is not the way to behave. We don't like gobbing off at umpires and all of this and mm-hmm. yeah, bringing the game into ill repute, etc., etc., etc. Oh, no, 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 $1,000 fine, etc. Then an hour later, phone call. Good day, Grub. How you doing there, mate? Uh, listen, uh, I know we had to jump on you a little bit, but you know where we're coming from. And let's just say rugby league really appreciates what you're doing and you're part of the rugby league family. And the rugby league family is a very Catholic community and you're more than welcome. Now, can I ask, just before you go on, can I ask somebody like Hayes, <clears throat> obviously <clears throat> wins a Dally M, gets a premiership yep. enough, then he thinks I might like to become an electrician. Is oh. that when Abdo should step in yes. as well? Yes, yes. 
listen, you know, being yes. an electrician is a joke. You know, it's a joke mm. business. Yeah. You know, you just get blamed well, for everything. Well, can for I the just say, actually, in, in that matter, there's, there's no reason why a rugby league player like Hayes Dunster uh, couldn't do a, uh, a, a course in becoming an electrician at the same time. Uh, so that uh, once the playing days are over, he could, you know, open up a, you know, get himself a uh, one of those cars and uh, drive around with drive Dunster. around with you know Dunster Electrical written on the side of it, and uh, just see what happens. Four <laughs> B or not four B, the Burgess Brothers story is now a podcast. 26 episodes of the injuries, the suspensions, the send-offs, the stuff-ups, the bust-ups, the bumps and the glamour of a family that stayed together to play rugby league. Now available wherever you hear Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, we touched on this story last week. It concerns Gus Gould and we did admit at the time Mm. that we'd worked with Gus and enjoyed his... Uh, ability to overrun the time when he should have stopped by hours, mm-hmm. which saved us a lot of heavy lifting. Yes. But this week, NRL Chief Andrew Abdu insists the governing body isn't trying to silence Bulldog Supremo Phil Gould Good. after meeting the Canterbury hierarchy to discuss his comments on live NRL matters. Now, this is a bit tricky to know what a live NRL matter is. Mm. Is it got to do with penalising Josh Reynolds a thousand dollars. Is that a live issue? Or the Knights going to Bali because Knights aren't involved in magic rounds, so some of the lads have decided to go and spend a bit of time R and R. I in didn't Bali. know that. Yes. That's probably a be- good idea. Yeah, it's become quite an issue. Yeah, right. Now Abdu met the Bulldogs chief Aaron Warburton last week to discuss a range of issues, among them Gould's polarising commentary and mm. concerns in Clubland around comments on judiciary salary cap matters and officiating. All oh, right, yeah. Now he mm. did come out very strongly on the hip drop. Yes. Was he for it or against it this year? I missed his comment. If if I could put words in his mouth, and I'm really reluctant to do this, he thought he needed consistency. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Consistency. Well, well, nobody could disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can I come to the things that I raised in my opening remarks Mm. about an hour and a half ago? Yeah. Uh, Gus is often working what I consider the edge of outrage Mm. to draw attention to a whole heap of things not necessarily connected with say, the matter at hand, but rugby league in general mm. and in creating a lot of what I call TikTok stuff, yeah. clickbait stuff. Yeah, you and sure? Like that. Yeah. Gould's mad, you know, Gould's great, Gould's mm. stupid, Gould's, you mm. know, the only person speaking shit. Do you mm. get what I mean? That I sort do. of response. I do. I then do. the rugby league come in over the top and say, well, we only think you should talk about these things mm. uh, because I'm not quite sure why, but mm. because you're winding up certain issues is causing us problems with the feedback from the public who think you're right about this, you think the referees are not being consistent or whatever it's going to be or mm. golden points a joke, yeah, you know, yeah. etc. Well, he, he doesn't appear to like the bunker much. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, yes, he doesn't like the bunker but much. But can I ask, um, do you like the bunker? Well, I don't like the bunker much, no, no. And you don't like the bunker much? I, look, I like the bunker when it gets it right. Yeah. I hate the bunker when it gets it wrong. Yeah. And I'm annoyed when the bunker gets it wrong because the bunker shouldn't get it wrong because the bunker has all the tools to get it right, um, it, se- it seems to me. And I, I, and I think that's Gus's position. And like you, I don't want to put words in Gus's mouth either. But could I ask you, HG, is the NRL, uh, in the matter of Gus, um, 
Is it a request for him to stay within his lane or is it a threat? No, no, no. This is a very good point and I'm not sure whether what the answer to that question no. is. I agree Because I can with tell this. you, if it's a threat, it, 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 Gus knows where everybody is buried in rugby league and if I was digging. Gus, I'd be prepared to point to the areas on the ground where X marks, marks the spot as to where the buried bodies are. No, I couldn't work it out, whether they're threatening him or telling yeah. him yes. or commanding him yes. or saying you can't, if you go out of these lanes again, yes. we're not going to have you at any of the grounds. Right. You'll be persona non grata. You'll wander the world, a lonely person, yes. just looking for, you know, somewhere to plug the transistor in, old speak, I know, yes. but nonetheless, or the phone in. So he could end up like Ken Howard having to call a game from or a comment balloon. on the game from a car or from a balloon. Yes. Is that what you're suggesting? That is what I'm suggesting, but I think. But that Gus has a res- commercial responsibility, right, that's it, that's and point. this is that's what this point. is your point. When you're working in commercial radio or television, you've got to uh, explore the extremes to get people interested. I know you've got to say every now and again, "Oh, the ref's wrong," or "The ref's an idiot." That ref wouldn't know, you know, bloody bloody blah. Mm. You've got to say these things to generate a little bit of controversy. Otherwise, people won't listen to you or watch. Exactly. He's got a duty to do that. That's why he's employed by Sneesby. And Sneesby knows what he's getting when he gets Gus. He's getting someone who's controversial. Beautifully put. Controversial. That's exactly right. Now, the whole game exists on controversy. It does. All sport exists on controversy. Yes. Because it's entertainment. That's right. We exist in a world in which Dabdo and Volandis have yet to recognise that they're promoting an act. That's right. An act like Siegfried and Roy in the old days or, you know, Penn and Teller in the That's modern right. era or Celine Dion or the Close That's to right. You tribute show. That's it's right. all the same thing and you need a bit of controversy to draw attention you to do. it. You do. You do. So. And Gus is doing a very good job in that matter. Hmm. I mean, he generates a lot of newspaper articles in response to some his outrageous positions. claim he's made. And remember, of course, is you don't have to... It's not what I'm calling. It's not you know local council bylaw he's talking about. It's just advancing a, a position. It's, it's, it's a position that often he genuinely feels and is entertained and is entertained in his by presentation. That's right. That's right. I mean, we've worked with Gus. You know, every now and again he'll say something. He'll give us a wink as he's saying it, knowing that it's deliberately outrageous. Uh, but that's show business. Exactly. Exactly. All of a sudden, we somehow wanted to and, be. And uh, you know, the, the, the listening audience or the viewership aren't stupid. Uh. They know when Gus is just being Gus, <laughs> making something up, something controversial to get them talking. He knows? Do they know that? Yeah. You know, the yeah. rugby league are suggesting that rugby league people are stupid. Well, they're not. Can rugby league save the Great Barrier Reef? Yes. Can rugby league save the koala? Yes. Can rugby league make carbon capture and storage work? No. No one can. Can rugby league turn Australia into a renewable energy powerhouse? Yes. Next time you vote, vote one rugby league and get the planet back in shape. Uh, well, NRL sources confirmed that Gould's comments around the suggested hip drop tackle by Canterbury, Canterbury's Jacob Preston and the inclusion of retired captain Josh Jackson's entire 2023 rage in the Bulldog salary cap have been raised at head office. Right. Now, these are a couple of issues. Mm-hmm. 
now I've got to be honest here. He's, he's, I'm, I can't recall off the top of my head, although I was probably watching him say them, the comments about uh, J- Jacob Preston or the Bulldog or Josh Jackson. They seem to me to be uh, one of them certainly have uh, been around for a little while. Yes. Club officials and players can face sanction if they are deemed to have been overly critical of the NRL. Ah, right. Well, hang on a minute. How do you have fun without being critical of the NRL? Yeah. Uh, or discuss match review committee charges mm. that are still before the judiciary. That's what they mean by a live issue. Yes. As was the case with Preston's tackle on South Sydney's Isaac Thompson. Right. But Abdu insisted that not no punishment against Gould was being considered as it stands or that the NRL was trying to limit him in speaking his mind. I meet with clubs regularly. Clearly my conversation with the Bulldogs was just around registered club officials not breaching the rules. Right. If there's a matter that's live, for example, either a matter that relates to a match review or the judiciary or integrity matter, the rules don't permit players or officials accredited under those rules to talk openly about it. This is definitely not silencing anyone in the media. This is not about wanting criticism. This is just about rules that the NRL has for everyone accredited the game. There's a reason why club officials aren't able to comment when the matter is live because we don't want the perception that influences the decision makers. Oh, I see. You'll have to operate in a cone of silence. Yes, you you would. Yes, you would, wouldn't you? Well, I'm a little bit confused here. And can I just suggest, HG, if I was Gus, I'd be even more confused? Because on the one hand, they're saying, stay in your lane. But on the other hand, they're saying, we're quite happy to tolerate whatever you say. Well, the difficulty is, it's not as though you and I can think of another five people who that would that those comments would be aimed at. No, I no, mean, who, that's right. Who are we putting up as controversial figures in rugby league? Yeah, well, well, there's only one. There's only Gus, isn't there? He's, he seems to be. Uh, I mean, are they suggesting Joey Johns has got to stay within his lane? No, not. or or, or Matty Johns, or Matty Johns, or Brandy Alexander, or any uh, of the excellent team that call the game on Fox. Yeah, or the Fox Footy Show. The Fox Footy Show. There's a lot of them, and uh, they're all excellent yeah. lane keepers. Yeah, they are, and often they come out and and bag rugby league, as nearly as I can tell. You know, I don't watch the show because I'm not interested in people who bag rugby league. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Oh, uh, just uh, be, before the news, yes, show, talk I should just topic. Uh, talk about topic last week, Vegas. 100% yes. Isn't but that great? People want to go to Vegas. Isn't that great? 100%. I just hope we get to know when we can go, though. And how many teams tickets. are going and who the teams are going yeah, to be and how you get involved and when, when can we buy tickets. Yeah, I know. Because I want to see a couple of shows. You do. I want to go. Yeah. You, you know. want to see the uh, the Penn and Teller, I know, and uh, also yes. Celine Dion, if she's on. That's right. I want to see who is ever on in the Wayne Newton room. The Wayne Newton room. Because that's yeah. always great. Yes. Um I want to play the poker machines and I, and I want to play a bit of blackjack. And you want to get on the Queen of the Nile, I, I, want I know that. get on the Queen of the Nile if it's there to see if it's as good as the Queen of the Nile in Australia uh, as a poker machine. I, anyway, today's talkback, HG, should rugby league swear allegiance to King Charles III is our talkback topic. Well, that's an excellent topic. Just yes or no. Yeah, yeah and don't hog the don't, lines. Don't hold others back. want to have a position and don't hold back. After snaring a tight four points in a top-of-the-table clash, do you like to relax with a large one? Why not meet friends and family at the Feathered Trouser Bar? It's a top hole for bludgers on the blind side. Yes, uh, this is Bludging on the Blind Side, the second hour. Of course, remember, the podcast is available not long after we complete this hour. 
And uh, if you want to relive some highlights from previous years, they're all there. Now, the text number, if you want to get involved with the show, 0467920222, or the old style way, RoyNHG at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Yes, uh, she uh, Matt's been in touch. Um, he says, uh, Hi, gents. On a family holiday in Karkor last week, I was spending the morning in the wonderful local cafe. Uh, now, he said, uh, uh, One morning following a previous day exploring Jason Belmont's Orange, I picked up the Central West Daily and a story on page two caught my eye. Yes. It spoke of the backing of a Greyhound Centre of Excellence for Bathurst. I haven't heard any of this at all. I instantly thought of uh, one day seeing the entirely uh, handiwork of the local Bathurst tilers in the shallow end of the pool showing Fanta Bale in all her glory. I've attached a similar article as the website for the local paper is behind a paywall. So this uh, Greyhound bid is firming, HG, for a centre of excellence in Bathurst, which is a great idea, and the yeah. mayor... <laughs> Uh, the Orange Council is supporting the move as well. Now, so. you're, you're our dog expert on the panel. Can mm. I just ask, would this work? Should Can all the greyhounds be trained together? And surely the idea of, you know, individual uh, programs for yes. dogs, i use that word advisory. Well, I think it's up to breeders. Breeders know when you've got a special one. Mm-hmm. And if that special one's uh, development could be accelerated at the Bathurst Centre of Excellence, then it's it's no effort to uh, you know pop it in the back seat of the car, muzzled of course, and uh, run it up, run it up, and uh, see what happens. Get it on the treadmill. Yeah. Now, can I ask, mm-hmm. would you advocate centres of excellence at the four corners of the state, roughly? I mean, I'm not sure how we do this, but somewhere, mm. say, down around the uh, Ulladulla area in yes. the south, and then yes. maybe up round Port Macquarie in the north, and then one in the west and one in the northwest. I yes. mean. Yes. I know it's going to be fairly expensive for the Minns government to cough up all this money, but maybe there is a way of doing it. Mm. Crowdfunded, you yes. know, yes. somehow a tax on prize money or something like that. No, I, I, I think that's a very good idea, actually. And maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe the rule here has got to be that uh, a centre of excellence should be uh, drivable. Within 90 minutes? With, within, let, let's say, well, being realistic. realistic. Three hours. Three hours. Yeah. Within three hours of your main, main breeding centres. And I don't know where they are. No, no, I, no, I know no, there's yeah, one yeah. Near, near Young, mm-hmm. uh, a very fine greyhound breeding centre. I think they, they breed up to, you know, six or 7,000 dogs per year. Uh, I don't know what happens to the dogs that aren't particularly fast, but that's for others to investigate, Keep an eye on. not me. Yes. yes no, that's yes, fair enough. Yes. This is great news, though. It is good news, mm. yes. Uh, now, this comes from Kit. Oh, yeah. Kit says, happy rugby league to you and your friends. Uh, I myself am an adherent of the AFL church as a Victorian, but have more than sympathy, even a certain admiration for the bells and smells of rugby league. Oh, beautifully put. It's very, very nicely put. Mm. Uh, now, uh, firstly, taxpayer-funded grounds being more fully utilised as a moral obligation yes. in the off-season and your very sound suggestion about door exhibitions, he Door says. exhibitions. <laughs> I have a close friend who is a member of a WADIC, Australia's Window and Door Industry Council. I didn't know he had one. Nor did I. 
He is a sash window manufacturer who is always, capital letters, looking for the latest in marine-resistant timbers, environmental products, cutting machinery and the like, and he is taking his son with him to Hanover in Germany next week to attend an international window and door convention. On checking this on the internet, I see that the Germans also have a window and door convention set for March in 2024 in Nuremberg. Should I, need I say more? No, no. I've had a lot of response to that uh, item. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we ran about the door exhibition door as part exhibition. of the Volandis yes. assault on America. Yes, uh, the moral obligation to fill our stadium. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yep. Now, yep. Now, there's no reason why we couldn't reach out and have a door convention. I mean, we suggested this a couple of weeks ago. We did. That's what I mean. People are interested in doors, doors. and windows. They, they are. are. They are. That's a fact. And if you made them accessible and uh, did it up with, uh, say, a uh, Harold Matthews Cup match before, say, lunch and a sure. fully-fledged rugby league game afterwards, you'd get people coming along for hours. Yeah. Look, I think the door would be standalone. Do you think? I think so. If people know they're going to see... Top quality doors. Top quality doors and windows. They'll be there. They will. Uh, Now, uh, this has come from Chris. Uh, He says, I applaud your call for additional content for the Sydney Football Stadium. It's a public asset, despite what Nick Polites and the Sydney Roosters would have us believe. Yeah, well, behind the times. He says, I am one of the commentators for Pro Wrestling Australia. And we recently brought wrestling back to its traditional Sydney home, the Horden Pavilion, via the agency of the Smashing Pumpkins' The World is a Vampire Tour. Ah, yes, one of the Smashing Pumpkins is very keen on wrestling. Very much so. Mm. The action was lapped up by several thousand happy punters who were clamouring for more. It's a hop, skip and jump across to the FSS. We call on the new state sports minister, who, and venues New South Wales, what, to make it happen. So they've reached out but have had no response. Isn't that amazing? Because that does, historically in Australia, promoted mm-hmm. well, that does pull big numbers. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't want to put Melbourne ahead of Sydney in their interest in wrestling necessarily, but that does seem to strike a chord with uh, Melbourne patrons. But that's great. It is great. It is great. Now, this has come from Michael. He says, uh, if a good, clean, old-fashioned one-on-one legs tackle is made... Uh, you know, every now, every now and again you come across an idea which I think has considerable merit. Yes. And this is one. He said the ref could call out legs and that would mean that the tackler is given time to get up and get into marker position before the ref calls play, after which the tackle player can play the ball. So that this would be rewarding a good, clean, around-the-legs, one-on-one tackle. Is that a huge problem? Well, at the moment you're being penalised... Ah, because of the, you, you do a nice yeah. tackle one on one, and the player gets up quickly and play, plays the ball, and often there's no marker there, so and so they're that. given an advantage. So it's a disadvantage to make the clean one on one tackle. He, what this chap is suggesting, Michael, is if the, if the referee calls out legs, yeah, then the player's got to stop, stop until the tackle the tackler gets He's up on their feet. and goes it's into the marker position. marker position. Fair enough. It's a very good idea. Uh, this comes from Peter. With the upcoming rugby league going home to Las Vegas, 
Nice touch, that. Nice touch. The League should reach out to aristocrat poker machines, an Australian company, and the biggest manufacturer of poker machines on the planet. In the world, yeah. To give all the Vegas pokies a rugby league makeover. Ooh, isn't that a brilliant idea? Brilliant idea. A jackpot for four tries come up. Minor payouts, scattered backs, a front row and a scrum. Free play, six again. It's brilliant, isn't it? Got it all. And that would get people in Vegas talking, talking about rugby league. What's, what's his four tries? Yeah. Did you get four tries? Yeah, I got a jackpot. Is rugby league happening here? Yeah. When? When? Mm. This comes from Amelia. Uh, happy rugby league to you and your families. 500 gram international roast, $9.49 at Tweed's Heads Aldi this week. That's excellent, isn't it? Note, 400 gram Makona classic roast is an eyebrow raising $19.49 yeah, in comparison. It, it's out of control, isn't it's it? It's out of control. Yeah. Out, but isn't that good to know you can still get 500 gram international roast at $9.49? Half the price of the Makona. Just finally, John's been in touch. This is a very elaborate uh, email, HG, which I enjoy. Um, he's uh, disappointed at the... Guernseys that rugby league players are, are are wearing these days because of the sponsorship deals they've got. Yeah, he says uh, back in the day, uh, he wonders about West Tigers at the moment. At the moment, running around Stone Motherless last, and they're brought to you by Bryden's Lawyers. Now, Bryden's Lawyers just looks weird on a rugby league Guernsey, and I would agree with that. Back in the day, it used to be Victor. Yes, but that was largely connected with uh, West. Vic, Vic, yeah, West, Victor. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a much better fit, And uh, he says, and I agree with that. He says, picture Sturlow, Big Eric Growth and Pricey holding up the shields for the Eels in the early 80s. What name is on their glory-soaked jerseys? James Hardy. Uh, Again, a very good fit uh, for rugby I get league. It. I get it. But this... this Echoes what we bang on about all the time, the corporatisation of rugby league, taking it away from the people who matter yes. and, you know, just treating it as a hedge fund opportunity. Yeah, I know, I know. And, I, I mean, the, speaking of Brydons, I mean, you'd have mm. to scratch your head if you were a person just walking into the ground thinking, yes. who the hell are these people? What That's do they right. do? That's right. Uh, yeah. And, of course, I can never understand who sponsors Parramatta. What are these firms? They had Peer Tech for a long time. I, I, I don't know that. what they do. What, the, and what, now they got what, what is that about? Yeah, I know. He says, uh, South's best jersey had the slogan which summed up the club, the original and the best, Smith's Crisps. I know. Well, once the fundamental building block of the Aussie food pyramid, and that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, everyone knows the mighty Raiders team who won the unforgettable 98 and 1989 final was sponsored milk. by Canberra Milk. Yeah, Canberra Milk. Again. Hmm. Uh, well, your Steggles at your Roosters. Ste that was a perfect fit again. It still is. They're the only one who makes still sense. Is. That's right. Uh, great teams plus great Aussie sports equals great Guernseys. Uh, it would be fascinating to hear you and your listeners recalling memorable jumpers from the past, or even better, proposing their dream lineup in terms of their team and an Aussie sponsor. I'll kick off by suggesting that my team should ditch MG. I think MG I, are the, the South sponsors at the moment. That's a yeah. Chinese, Chinese yeah. car manufacturing firm that used to be an English yes, firm. Yes, that's right. Well done. Uh, and get the phone, uh, get on the phone to Bunnings. Oh, Bunnings. How this hasn't already happened is beyond me. The Bunnings Bunnies is an advertiser's dream. dream. It's true, isn't it? it is, that's great. So, uh, Sharkies fans, 
If you paid some ridiculous price for this year's jersey, take a good look in the mirror and ask yourself, what on earth does Aramex even do? Gold Coast tighter supporting, Titan supporters, do you really think a mob called My Pay Now is the best fit for your team? And for those who follow the Melbourne Storm, do you really think Red Z is a better effort than the Purple Bricks jumper Cam Smith ran around during the 2019 season? No, they're excellent points. They are excellent, excellent points. points, aren't and they? And very sobering, that, because you wonder what the future of rugby league is yes. in terms of its Well, I think we've got to have someone like Valandis and Abdo sit down and scrutinise and give approvals to sponsorship and not leave it up to the clubs because they don't know what they're doing. Rugby league players. Now that coach is no longer calling... Horse syndication is your gateway to a fortune of cup-winning success. Own part of a champion with the team from Rooting King Lodge. Speak with the syndication experts Weed and Fractious Bruce Woodus on the horse hotline at Bludging on the Blind Side. Coming back to the problems of Vegas. The boss of the Melbourne Storm, uh, Matt Tripp, said the ARL Commission boss, Peter Volandis, approached him a magic round two years ago about how the NRL can dip its toes into the rivers of gold Mm -hmm. in the booming US wagering market. This is according to Sneezebees. Tripp told him the NRL didn't have to take the matches abroad to do so. Volandis is hell-bent on starting the season, as we know, uh, with a doubleheader in Vegas. They could do it without taking matches there, Tripp said. I offered to help them. Nobody's uh, spoken to me about it. If the NRL came knocking, we'd have a look at it, meaning that yes. I think it's better is the name of the does, company. Does Tripp have any ideas on how I, to promote the game in America without having a game there? I, I'm not sure about that, uh, as in I think that uh, the advertising is the way to do it yes. because it's 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 you've got to understand is that People who punt are not necessarily interested in the nitty-gritty of rugby league. Oh, of course not. They want to know that Parramatta won 12 nil. Yeah, exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah, anyway, Philanders yeah. uh, is going to meet the Nevada Commission uh, about the staging. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nine newspaper got an interview with Philanders this week where he uh, – uh, about the uh, Vegas proposal mm-hmm. and prompted a range of responses about his outrageous claim that rugby league is better when you gamble on it. That's uh, – Volandis' position, according yes. to the nine yeah, newspapers. Yeah, yeah. Rugby League yeah. is tribal, said uh, The Feathers. Yeah. An entertainment product. What wagering does is add a little bit more entertainment into the already fantastic product. I'm tipping contest at work. I mean, he's, he's, I'm in a tipping contest at work. Yes. He's probably winning the tipping contest at work. Mm. So I watch every game. If I have a bet on the first try, sir, it gives you a little bit more enjoyment. Well, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, isn't until it? you lose. I, I mean, there's nothing better than uh, having a bet on your team, watching the game and seeing your team win by the score that you had predicted in your bet. I mean, there's nothing better, is there? No. especially It's win-win. I know, especially if you pick the score as 53 to 4. Something like that, or or a win by one. Yeah, win by one, yes, Yes. that's right. I know, that's very exciting, isn't it? It's very exciting. And you feel really good and you think, what a genius am I am. Yes. And then when you lose... And, 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 And... your respect in the family goes oh, up. I know, it goes up enormously. Enormously. And when you get all the family involved and take something different, you can't have by one because I've got by one. Yes. I can have by six, yeah, that, sure. That's right. Anyway. That, that, that's right. That's right. And, and when, when parents involve the kids and take a few bets out for the kids to get them involved, you know, because the kids idea. can say, oh, I think Parramatta are going to win by, by three, Mum and Dad. 
Three. All right. Well, yeah. that's okay. That's a brave choice. That's a brave choice. Good yeah. on you, son. Yeah, yeah I'll put right. a bet on you for that. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, there is some concern that uh, there's also some nervousness at Storm, of which Tripp is the chairman, has revealed this, you know, recently in the Nine Network, that players are allowed were allowed to invest in better mm. after being given the all clear by the NRL salary cap auditor, much to the ir- irritation of fo- rival clubs. So I think they set up a company and said, would the players like to invest in the company, not to take uh, bets on matches and stuff like that, but actually on the whole company. Well, now, I didn't know this. This is the first I've heard of this. Right. Then there's a feeling that the Australian market is flooded with too many corporate bookmakers. There are also many desperate punters to put uh, their last 50 on a multi uh, to go round. Now, right. it's a weird confusion that the NRL gets involved with all, yeah, in all these things. I'm not following it? this at all. Are you suggesting that players can form companies, can that, form their own betting company? Correct. Basically, or be involved with right. uh, betting companies. Okay. Uh, as nil as I can tell from this. Uh, have they got to be at arm's length, length from the company, HG, or not? No, 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 that's an interesting question. Yeah. If my name was Hayes Dunster for the sake of the sake. Yes, and you formed a company, Hayes Dun- Hayes, Hayes Dunster, Dunster Gambling Bet. Inc. Yeah, <laughs> Gambling EG Inc. Yes. Uh, spelt I and K. Yes. Uh, you would be able to, as nearly as I can tell, get permission. Mm-hmm. To say, well, I'm doing that with the money that I've earned from Rugby League right. and it's got nothing to do with Rugby League, how I spend my money. That's true. Okay. Uh, now, the difficulty here is is that you might find that Hayes, well, should the score approach, say, 49 to 3, yeah. decided to go slow yes. because, sadly, mm. the rest is history. You know, right. that okay. was the score I thought they might come in at and yeah. I helped them get there and so I deserve the big whack coming my way. Right. Yes. You know, etc. Yeah. I think that's what the worry is. Mm. Now, um, I noticed here, uh, Trippin remained upbeat about Better's future. The rumours are rubbish about the problem with the company. The business is great shape and exceeding expectations. We're really happy with the, what we're producing for the market. I'll say they are. They're just magnificent. They're same day multi and just cried. It's so good. We've got a long way to go and acknowledge we're a startup, etc. On and on it goes. So there's some doubt about what the future of all this is. Right. But it's sounding great at the moment and the rivers of gold. They're just over the hill. They they, they are. But I would be very interested to see what the what the, those storm ideas for marketing the game in America, in America would be. Would be. That, that's fantastic. I, I'm reminded, HG, of the um, uh, gridiron, the way it was marketed into Australia. I, I don't know how successful it was, but you recall Don Lane became the face. He was incredible. The and he was incredibly good. Yeah. And I think it might have been on SBS that he had a show every week. He did for a while. Where he yeah. would review the matches, ma- and, matches and, and the do, prospects for the finals, That's et right. And uh, pl- play some very Bowl. long excerpts of particular games. And yeah. it was fascinating and gave people a real insight as to what was happening in the various conferences uh, in the United States. And, of course, Don was a big bunnies person. He was. Remember uh, he smashed his watch? He watch, smashed his watch to try and motivate them. That's right. I yeah. don't know if it worked or not, but certainly it was, it was, idea. was memorable. Yeah. So maybe we need someone in America, actually, to become the ah. face of Rugby League and Rugby and League would buy, say, half an hour on um, NBC or w- yes, one of the big it, networks. Yes, building up to building the doubleheader. Up, yes. And it can't be Rusty and, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman because people no. will say, oh, they're Australians. What would you expect? Yes. No, it's got to be somebody in America. That's right. You know, I mean. That, that's right. You know, 
Be who good. was that fellow we had dinner with in uh, in Salt Lake City, HG? Who was oh, the face of? Oh yeah, I think NBC. he might have. Yeah, I know. I know who you mean. He yeah. was the sports commentator, That's Bob right. Costas. Bob Costas. Well, he yeah. would be great. Yeah, he would. He's be someone great. we could reach I'm, out to. I'm I don't sure know if he's, he's still, still doing, with us. Or I don't not. know. Don't know. Don't, don't know that he's still doing sport. No. I might be wrong. But he could be lured back. Yeah. I suppose if See, he was happy to be the face and voice of rugby league in America. How about the Rock? Ah, yes. You know, something yes. like that. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger would be great. Yes, he I would. love this game. You know, yes. I can see him doing it now. That's right. Can I put all that on pause because yes. I'm sure we'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. Two things I'm thinking about is, you know, we've got 400,000 people coming to live in Australia this year. Yes. Now, I'm just wondering, coming back to an idea that we tried to get on the political agenda last year, yes. targeted migration. Yes. That if you're prepared to, say, play AFL football and move to Tasmania, mm-hmm. you get ahead of the queue. Yes. Or play rugby league in rural and regional areas yes. of Australia, yes. then head of the queue. Yes. Now, it seems so sensible when you say it like that, but mm-hmm. it's so difficult to organise. Mm-hmm. And yet, we're happy to welcome people who've got $500,000 to spend here or, you know, a million dollars in cars they want to import or whatever it is. Yes. Why not target rugby league in yes. the same way? Yes, because we're looking after people with big things. Yes. The other thing which has got nothing to do with that is that the AFL have decided to book grand final acts years in advance. Oh, good, yes, good. Now, mm-hmm. how could this possibly go wrong? Yeah. I can see a lot of meat life coming down the track. Yeah, yes. Because things that are popular today when you make the booking may not be popular in five years' time when no, you want to perform that's for all heap of reasons. Mm, that's true. Because yeah. nothing lasts forever in, uh, you in, know, pop. in the poppy culture. No, no it goes no, very quick. No, it's, it goes very it's quick. true. It's true. Um, I mean, you mm. could stick with the, the tried and true, so you might get a lot of rear, uh, yes. or, you know, Celine Dion style acts. Yes. If they weren't playing the, you know, Vegas, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, but, uh, but it's very difficult for AB League. Actually. I mean, if you want to go for the top of the top, let, let, let's say um, – uh, Valandis and co are interested in booking Taylor Swift for this year's grand final. Ah, yes, who you talked to on the phone. Who I talked to on the phone. I didn't raise the issue. No, no. Nothing to do with nor me. Nor should you. Yeah, nor should I. It's not, yeah. my, it's not my role. Yeah. Uh, if the rugby league reached out to me and wanted to see or for me to get in touch with uh, Ms Swift to see if she was in any way interested, and I have no intelligence whatsoever one way or the other whether she would be interested in uh, the rugby league or not. But we know Katy Perry, for example, was happy to come out and perform for the Women's World Cup. She was. So it is possible uh, to reach out to these very top acts uh, within the year. I mean, Katy Perry wasn't engaged three or four years ago to do it. No, she wasn't. It was very much... Yeah. At the, they, of the moment. Yes, that's right. That's right. Of the They're moment. Artists of today. Now, the, the uh, Verlanders and co have got to seize the zeitgeist, the, 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 the groundswell of interest at the moment. So if they're in Vegas, in Vegas, people talking rugby league, everyone interested in rugby league, suddenly rugby league is pop yes. in the United States. Yes. That's the time to reach out to your very big acts and say, well, hey. How about this September? Why well, not this, come out? Yeah, this October. And we swapped, of course, there from the AFL to yes. the rugby league, but the rules apply. The rules, the same rules now, apply. can I just raise the question? Was it Taylor Swift who was going to come to the Melbourne Cup until she found out what the Melbourne Cup was? Yes. Yes. That's right. So I think she that's didn't realise it was a horse race. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm. Yes. So you'd have to explain to her uh, what rugby league is all about. Mm. Uh, or the AFL, if indeed the AFL were going to approach her and and they may want to do that. I don't know. Yeah, but you could put them in touch with her people. Oh, indeed. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Indeed. 
And and it would be easy to say to her, look, just Google it. Go to YouTube. Have a look and look at uh, yep. just just uh, just Google uh, Rugby L- Lord Ted Goodwin Grand Final Try. Footy heads, it's on again. The Aussie Invader Tour of Rugby League venues led by Wombat Warren Negus. 294 venues in seven days, including Watsford Oval, AMI Stadium, Wynn, the birthplace Birchgrove, and finishing up at PointsBet. Details and departure dates at Bludging on the Blind Side. Roy, uh, texts? Yes. uh, No name is suggesting... um, he says, Parramatta's former sponsor, Pertec. Pertec, yeah. Uh, mainly involved in hydraulic hose products. That's right. In joining, I think, hydraulic hoses. Mm. You know, so you've got one that's yes. has to be fitted into another one. Right. I think that's what they create. They're not you. sure how it relates to rugby league. No. <laughs> Maybe the Leichhardt Oval Toilets. Mm, not sure. Now, you took a call also, speaking of Leichhardt Oval, mm-hmm. from the Mayor of Leichhardt or, oh, yes. you know, not Leichhardt, it's called Emmy Winston. The Inner West Council. Inner yeah. West Council. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apropos of Rugby League. Yes. And you were suggesting to me, I think mm-hmm. privately, yes. that the cottage, the groundkeeper's, the groundkeeper's cottage, cottage, has yeah. now been allocated to become the museum. That's right. Now, That's right. have you seen this cottage? Uh, I'm sure I have, HG, yes. Uh, I think it's the cottage in which uh, Wayne Junior Pierce lived. And I think Wayne Junior Pierce's father might have been the grounds person at Leichhardt Oval all those years ago. So it's, it's, it's a lovely story. It is. And, and could uh, you see enough? Well, it, it would be... Uh, big enough for uh, the regular... It would be meaningful for, I think, a lot of people, HG, just to wander through the house and imagine where... Wayne Jr. slept, of course, where they had breakfast and dinner, where they watched their rugby league in the lounge room, and then just waddle out onto the ground and... uh, Be there where the great deeds of... Indeed, uh, indeed. Yeah, I think think it's a wonderful idea. I've I've certainly uh, encouraged support of that, and I think, by and large, people of the Inner West are very happy with this exciting proposal. Now, can I ask the content of the museum? Uh, you know, is it, I hope it's just not a lot of old photos. Well, Keith Barnes's trousers... Yes, would going, be uh, in the doorway. going to be in the doorway. Maybe he'd walk through them to get into the museum. I hadn't thought of that, but that's not a bad idea. And there'd be videos yes. of, uh, say, um, you know, Paul Sirenin in action. Yes. Um, uh, I think Ciro's uh, police uniform... Oh, police uniform. Will be behind one of the bedroom doors as you walk in on the hook behind the door. You you just pull the door behind you, and there you see Ciro's uniform in and front of you. Mm. It was always called Golden Boots, Keithy Barnes. It Would the was. Golden Boots be there? Yes, yeah, one of them will be. Yeah. <laughs> I think one went missing. Some yeah, years no, I think ago. I tried too. I think yeah. there, there's still a plea for it to, that one boot, missing boot, to be handed back. And I know uh, John Elias was uh, yes. very involved with police work in the area. He was. I'm just wondering if his notebook would be there. Yes, I, I'm sure the John Elias notebook will be there and the John Elias diaries <clears throat> would certainly be there. Uh, I, I don't think there's any shortage okay. of, of, okay. Uh, of items of interest yeah. that, to go into the museum. And yeah. there'd be some top phrases from Benny Elias about Queensland mm. and, That's you know, right. you know the sort of bandages that That's created right. the crime. It's world. like comparing apples and apples. You yeah. just can't do it. That sort of thing, yes. There'd be a lot of that. Now... Speaking of rugby league events over the weekend, there's been a terrific result or last week. 
last weekend maybe, the uh, New South Wales Women's Grand Final was decided by a single field goal. Isn't that one wonderful? nil. Isn't that wonderful? Imagine one if you nil. had money on that. I know. Right. I know. You'd be buying the house. Yep. A Mounties halfback, Tilly Power, kicked the winning one-pointer with just two minutes left in her size epic one-nil victory over the Bulldogs at a wet Leichhardt over last Saturday night, sealing Harvey Norman uh, NSW Women's Premiership. Yes. Yeah, we uh, do say that you only need one point to get the dub, and that's what we did, yeah. laughed the Mounties captain. Uh, and uh, regardless of it being 1-0 or 15-14, whatever mm. it is, it's mm. the, you only have to win by one point, and I've seen all the memes about the game yeah. already, and, but the victory is a victory. Yeah, that's, was, that, 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 that's true. And you don't often see games that, uh, you know, you know one, one nil, two nil, well, all see, that much anymore. Remember that great grand final? We, 4-2. 4-2. Yes, That's it was, right. it was Parramatta the, v... The Crow, the crow yeah. got him home with his, with his boot. Boot, which <laughs> 4-2. <laughs> yeah. And uh, not a try scored. No, no, but a wonderful defensive effort on behalf of both teams. It was, and yeah. this is, sounds like exactly the same. Yes. Now, um, both teams had several close calls throughout the game and it was left to power, Millie, uh, Tilly Power, to slot the winner. In the 68th minute, I said to Till, give me a glance at 10 minutes and we'll see how we're going, said Mounties coach Grant Izzard. Oh, any relation to the other well, Izzard A boys? former Penrith and Illawarra first grader. Ah, well, there we are. Related so to Brad, I guess. Brad, yes, yeah. so on. There were a fair few and Izzards. Craig. Craig Izzard. Mm. Yeah, quite a lot. Now, yeah, she gave me a glance with a, about three or four to go, and I said, you better have a crack. The run from Ellie Walton before that got us into a position in the women's game. At this level, they don't defend their mistakes very well. If you get a couple of shots at them, you'll normally come up with the points. But Saturday night was different. It was one of those games of footy. We both had our chances. They got over the line a couple of times and dropped the ball. We got over a couple of times and just got held up. It was a really good game of footy. Isn't that great? Point. Isn't that terrific? Yeah, story? yep, yep. That's, that, that, that's wonderful. Someone's pointing out, HG, that uh, Aramax... RMX, I should say, are the worldwide small parcel delivery kings. <laughs> How small a parcel? I don't know. You know, there's tiny parcels, you know, like if you want to send a, a diamond. Or a stamp. Or a stamp. You yeah. want to send it overseas. You could attach it to a letter, I suppose. But on the other hand, if you want to put it into a little box, RMX are your people. Right. Now, just one thing in passing here, mm. and we come back to Tasmania, which we'll come back sometimes. Mm. It's been suggested that instead of drafting players, as happened with, say, the development of the Suns and the uh, Suns, yeah. sorry, the Suns and the GWS, oh, yes. uh, that they clubs donate a player to the Toxic Salmons. Oh, dear. That's not going to work, is it? Well, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd donate your duds, wouldn't exactly. you? Exactly. That's right. I mean, you're, you're right. not going to... I, I can't. Yeah, exactly. It, it it's, beggars belief. It's not as if the storm are going to say, oh, yeah, you can have Cameron Munster. And can That's I po- not going to happen. No. And can I point out that there is a suggestion that in Tasmania, up in the woods, there's people practising their footy just waiting to come down and be a sermon. Right. I suspect most of the good players in Australia yeah. have been found by list managers and talent spotters by now. Yes. Maybe in the next little while you could hide a few away around Strawn or somewhere there in the forests and yeah. get them fattened up and just eating fish. Sure. Not salmon. Sure. And, uh, yeah. you know, getting them moving. But yeah. it's pretty... Well, that does raise an issue. How many talent scouts? We used to call them talent scouts talent back, scouts, back right. in the day. Uh, I mean, Noel Cleal. Noel Cleal. was a great, great talent scout. 
I mean, he was always out looking at bush rugby league. I know. Now, now, is that happening anymore with the AFL? Do you know, HG? Uh, you would uh, find list management was a, a, a arcane but a very valuable art to yes. every club. And that's still going on. Oh, that's still and going on. And there would be people going around Tasmania as we speak. Well, combing Looking it, for thoroughly. kids over backyard, looking oh, over yeah, fences exactly. to see if there's Binoculars, a kid kicking you know, a ball. Kicking a ball. Yep. You know, can you hit that goalpost? Yes, I can. Bang. Yeah, there right. Oh, you better come down to oh, well, good, play with uh, good, you know, good. Hawthorne. Now, Hawthorne, incidentally, speaking of them, they've decided to battle on in Tasmania. Have they? <laughs> I don't know How stupid are they? Six Again is a collection of Rugby League's jazz classics. 24 great tunes that capture the magic of the greatest game of all. From the Katoni Stags Trio, featuring Matt Dufty on flute. Out now on Monster Music, the Blindside label. You're listening to The Bludge. Now... Get this, Roy. One yeah. of Australia's soccer's most enduring mysteries has been solved with the discovery of a long-lost soccer ashes. Yes. An ornate wooden trophy once contested regularly by the Socceroos in New Zealand, all whites, until it disappeared without trace 69 years ago. Isn't that a beautiful story? It is incredible. Now, I was 69 tweet- years ago. I was tweaked by your comment that yeah. the sponsor of whoever it is is mm. the best in the delivery of small parcels in the world. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, Amarex. Was now, that it? Aramex. This comes to the um, construction of this uh, trophy. Mm. After the first international series between the nations on Australian soil in 1923, mm. Socceroos captain Alex Gibb and the New Zealand counterpart George Campbell smoked two cigars, the ashes of which were kept in a silver-plated razor case carried at the Gallipoli Landing by Private William Fisher, the Secretary of the Queensland Football Association. Good grief. Imagine that. Good grief. I know, that's incredible, isn't it? The, what a story that is. There's a film in this, isn't there? There certainly is. Now, there let certainly me try is. and piece together the the the... Order of events here, HG. The game was played. Yep. The cigars were smoked by the respective captains. Yeah. Which is a tradition you don't see anymore, and I don't know why. And the ashes were put into what, a razor? Razor case. A razor case. You know, which are shaving razors. Yes. Blades and those. And then this razor case was taken to Gallipoli. Yeah. Why? Well. To use for shaving, or what did they do with the ashes in the meantime? What an excellent question. I hadn't thought about that. I had not thought about that. That is a brilliant question. Well, I don't know. Have we lost the ashes out of the sock? Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering. Do we need to trawl Anzac Cove to try and find the ashes from the cigars that were smoked in 1923? Now, that razor case was housed within an elaborate wooden casket made from New Zealand honeysuckle and Australian maple by New Zealand trophy maker Harry Mayer. He's incredible. He was amazing. He was incredible. Well, hang on, 1923... When were we at Anzac Co? Uh, 1914. Uh, or 15. Oh, a bit later, yeah. That's 15. right, 15. Yeah. So it's, it seems unlikely that the... Uh, you the, think the ashes have been lost? No, 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 no. I don't think the ashes went to Gallipoli because they weren't smoked until 1923. So that so solves your problem. That solves my problem. Y- your, this... So, but, so call so, off the call to start trawling Anzac Co yeah, for, for ashes. It's not going to be there. Greater. They weren't even smoked yet. Yeah. So what happens is but the, the shaving razor case, razor case went, did go to Gallipoli. Went with the digs. 
in uh, okay. 1915. Well, then now we're going to see here the two captains smoking away. You got that. What can we use as an ashtray? Oh, I've got this old razor case that I took to Gallipoli. Whoa, have you? Whoa. That's great. Shower set. Yeah, it looks great. Let's uh, put, put the Cubans out in yeah, it. Yeah, put the Cubans out in that. Close it up. What are we going to do with it? Turn yeah. it into a trophy. Uh, <laughs> it's incredible. It writes itself, doesn't it? Does. it? And the musical, alongside, you know, <laughs> yeah. all those hits of yesteryear. Sure. It was obviously the, this thing was a nod to Cricket's Ashes, mm. uh, a term coined only 41 years earlier and used broadly at the time to describe any sporting rivalry that became the symbol of trans-Tasman soccer supremacy. Yep. That is until 1954 when the trophy and any mention of it, historical records, simply vanished into thin air. Right. This is... um, Well, now we haven't kept up this tradition of Australia v New Zealand on the soccer front, have we? No. I think what they're hoping is that this finding, refinding this... A trophy will encourage the yes. return of the Smelts Bosnist Cup. That's right. That's right, yes. So, uh, anyway, let's go on with the story. Yeah. Um, the the trophy vanished in thin air. I might have left it there. The memory of it has also been lost forever. Were it not for the efforts of historians Ian Sison, Sison and Trevor Thompson, who, with the assistance of Football Australia and the same and the some government funding, have spearheaded a recent push to find the missing soccer ashes, albeit with fear in the back of their minds that they might have been mistakenly discarded as old rubbish. Oh Lord! Imagine that, that going yeah, week after week. Yeah. Probing garages now. Yeah. So Ian and Trevor, how did they hear the story though, HG? I well, mean, that's a good question. You know, there's a scene. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we've spoken to Fozzie many times. Craig Fozzie's never never mentioned once this bloody trophy. Now, earlier this year, the Federation was contacted by the family of Sydney Story, a former politician of Football Australia Hall of Fame member who served as a key administrator in the sport between 22, this is 1922, and Mm. his death in 1966, including a stint as chairman of Australian Soccer Football Federation, who found them who found the missing soccer ashes in pristine condition. They'd been stowed away in his son's garage alongside other historical artefacts and pieces of sporting memorabilia for more than 50 years. Good grief. And we just rediscovered when family members were cleaning it out because the house was being sold after his death. Right. Although it took another year for them to find time to go through the stories, soccer-related boxes properly, understand the significance of the trophy and notify Football Australia. Yep. There was a lot of real history in uh, my father's garage, including Keith Barnes's trousers. <laughs> How did they end up there? <laughs> don't know. He was Catholic in his taste in sport. He was, by the looks. A yeah. whole heap of stuff, including big things, uh, little things, hence the movable firm. Boxes upon boxes, the grandson James Story speaking on behalf of the family. We had to clear all that and we found these three boxes of historical papers, photographs and early annual reports of the Soccer Association. Wow. We looked with amazement. Uh, sorry, it was quite extraordinary, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with little engravings on it, a soccer ball motive on the top and a kangaroo, really nice little item. We knew it was significant, but we did not know how. We looked with amazement at the history of the Ashes soccer game that came with it, a scrapbook inch thick with analysis of all the newspaper clippings every game. It's not just a trophy, but it's a symbol of Australia and New Zealand working together, playing together and looking after each other. Mm. It was really powerful. Wow. I mean, it does go on a bit from there, but yeah. nonetheless, you get an idea. You get it a real is, feel. Um, and where is it now? Where, where is it housed now? This, uh, that's a very good this question. This Ashes Trophy, because people are going to want to see this. Well, you know, this is leads are into Are they going to lend it to the Leichhardt? They should. The Leichhardt Oval. Museum. Kip, Wayne Pierce Museum. 
Yes, they should. They should. It should go on tour. Of course it should go on tour. Because so many other people, it will trigger memories yes. of other things that need to be found. That's right. And that raises the question of, without notice, obviously, things that you'd like found. Yeah. Uh, or should we get a story on, say, 7.30 or 60 Minutes Sneezebeats show yes. discussing the return of this thing from the mists of the past. That's right. And the making of the feature film. That, that, that's the right. The casting of the feature film. Sure, sure. Well, there's a lesson there, isn't there? I mean, it's up to all Australians, isn't it, to have a look in their garages to see what's in there. I know. I know. I know. You know, what valuable things are there. I know. It's just incredible, isn't it? It's just incredible. I mean, someone suggesting Max is asking, would Kerry Hemsley's old motorbike be in the Leichhardt Oval Museum? Well, of course. Well, I'd like to think so. Yes. Yes, I can see that out the front on the front step. Yes. Turning over every night, you know, or the closing time, something, you know, useful. Yeah. Noise, sure. Sure. Now, I think it was um, one of the finders of this said it was a critical moment in Australian soccer and in, indeed the sport's perennial failure to remember its own history. Yeah, right. That's soccer in Australia in yeah. a nutshell. Yeah. They retain control of its own narrative. Yes. Now, who's got control of the narrative at the moment? I don't know. It's out of control. This trophy is symbolic. Has Soccer Australia said anything? No, they've been QT. Absolutely quiet. Very QT. Now, this trophy is a symbolic of something really important, and its discovery also is really important as well. Its absence was a symptom of Australia's soccer tendency to forget itself. Oh, I mean, yeah, well, that's yeah. so true. And I mean, what Graham Arnold could do with that bloody thing? I know. Take it to training. Take, take it to training. Yeah. Show the players. Uh, Blokes, and, gather around. Have a look at this. What is it? This is the ashes. What ashes? The soccer ashes. What's that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's got so much grunt and poke in terms of symbolism. And for the surrounding culture, not to care at all. This trophy is replete with sacred significance to a country that that is so obsessed with its Anzac mythology. For that to go missing says a lot about the way the game manages to suit itself in the foot all the time. Well, that's true. so much for the game. Isn't that true, though? That is true, true? isn't it? It's a symbol, isn't it? A symbol. It's a symbol of everything that's been wrong with Australian soccer and indeed New Zealand soccer. Do the New Zealand people know about this? Have they been informed? I don't think so. New Zealand soccer? Imagine that. The Imagine how important it's going to be for them. I know. I know. Not that they've ever won it. Now, and hopefully they'll never win the bloody thing. Now, the next bit is, imagine the story. The blades. Yes. The carry case on Gallipoli. Yes. And then coming back. And what significance did it play in Gallipoli? How often was used? Who used it? Who used it to shave? I know. Imagine the motivating stories. Yes. As, you know, Graham Arnold comes in on the eve of the cup. You know, World Cup, Australia yes. playing, say, Brazil. Yes. Now, boys, gather around. Sure. Here it is. Yeah. I've talked about it all season. It's it's welded us together. We're in the final. We're in the World Cup. That's right. And, you know, here it is, a, a, a razor blade case that was on Gallipoli. It was on Gallipoli, yes. And why couldn't next year when we go for Anzac Day, why couldn't that case, that sacred case, be taken back to visit? Gallipoli? Yes. Whoa. Yes. I, I don't and just to... be sitting there on the dais, you know, whoever I, gives the... Uh... And how about this? Erdogan, I know he, people don't like him, but he's still, at the moment, he's still the boss. I think he, he may change or they think it might change. Well, there's election anyway, soon, isn't there? Whoever the Prime Minister is yes. smokes another cigar with our Prime Minister. To add to it? Well, I just think... How much room is in this buddy <laughs> shaving case? The blades case. I don't know. How big were the blades? Well, they're not big. How many no. blades fitted into the bloody thing? Well, when I look at it, it's hard to tell whether this Is it would... made of silver? I think it is. Good, good. 
Um, anyway, let's make say it is. Yeah, no, silver-plated razor case. Silver-plated, okay. Now, it's obviously tiny, yeah. as all and these things are. And what woods we used, actually, in the thing <clears throat> that did? I s- mentioned maple. Maple. And <clears throat> New Zealand wood, cowrie or something was used yes, as well? Yes, I think that's right. Uh, decorated with a trophy and a silver fern. Uh, right. Now, it's just ornate. Uh, I've lost where Yeah, no, ornate. I like that. <laughs> Beautiful timbers. Beautiful timbers. Oh, here we go. New Zealand honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. I Div- didn't know they grew honeysuckle in Div- New Zealand. Difficult wood to work. Yes. And uh, Australian maple. Well, Queensland maple is a beautiful, beautiful furniture. And Harry Meyer. I'd love to see some of Harry Meyer's other works. I didn't know. Was Harry Meyer involved? He built it. He built it? Harry Meyer, the woodwork artist. Artist. Yeah, that's right. And he was, uh, and went with, wait for it, William Fisher, the secretary of the Queensland Football Association. No way. So this is weird, isn't it? I mean, who did... did, So um, much history there. I know. Who did William Fisher play for? Yes. And who approached Meyer to build it in the first place? I know who. I mean, he it? didn't have much time on his hands. He's a busy man. Mm. Oh, he had plenty so of I've got to do what? Yeah. It's been where? <laughs> it does. Who work. used it? Um, yeah. Well, you see, on the um, on the box which contains the valuable bit. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand Australian Soccer Ashes. This is the the, the sort of the the plate says yeah. this casket is made from New Zealand and Australian woods and was presented by H.G. Meyer. Oh, there's an interesting coincidence. Uh, manager of New Zealand team touring Australia in 1923 season. The ashes are contained in the cas or he calls it the canister inside the the uh, cask. Right. So it's an incredible story, isn't it? And has that been revealed? Has anyone had a look inside to see if the ashes are still there? Because that would be unreal to actually see the ashes. The ashes are possible to see there? Yeah. In in the Obviously, they haven't opened up because I think a slight breeze would blow the ash away. Oh, well, of course. You'd have you know. to open it up in very yeah, in, strict circumstances. Yeah, I know. You'd have yes, to people involved. Yeah, of course. People take the lab. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't open up outdoors yeah. in the garden. Of course not. Of course not. So who's uh, are there guards guarding this bloody They're, object now? I see they have to they be would. there. See, um, this is part of uh, I think Trevor Thompson mm. authored the book "Burning Ambition: The Centenary of Australian and New Zealand Football Ashes." Burning ambition. So he knew about. Well, Trevor Thompson's contemporary writer. Right, right. In fact, I think he might have worked for the ABC for a long time in sport. In in um, in. It may in well football. be the case. But was he aware of the Gallipoli story and the when he wrote this book? Well, he had long theorised that story. Theorised? <laughs> may have stowed away the trophy during a battle for control between the old associations that had run the sport in Australia for decades and the newer federations and clubs which sprang up, wait for it, as a, a result of post-war ethnic migration. It's a hell of a story. It is a hell of a story. It's the history it? of Australia, of European it is. invasion of Australia. That, well, in that's sport. true. That's true. Okay. So whoever was in charge of soccer at the time thought, oh, well, buggy is. I don't like the direction Australian soccer is going in, so I'm going to put this bloody thing in my shed forever. Is that it? I think, I think you have summed it in up high exactly. Dungeon. Well, that's a great scene in the film, I isn't know. it? In the end, you know, just imagine that. I mean, we, casting, we'll have to wait till next week yeah, to get I know. the casting. I know, it's a great yeah. scene. Great, it's great parts, great parts. Yes. You know, parts that... You know, get to the nub of Australian-New Zealand relationships and how much we hate New yeah. Zealanders. What have you done with the trophy, Eric? I put it in the garage. Why? Because I hate. Because I, I hate what's happening to Australian soccer. Oh, Eric, don't put it in the garage. People, people won't know where it is. I don't care. I don't want no one to find it no more. 
And on that note... Beautiful story. That could be the end of part one. Wait for part two. We'll get to it next week. That's uh, the bludge for this week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Magic Round. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.